Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. Amen. Isn't it good to be a child of God? I bless the Lord. This last service reminds you of the last day. The storm got a lot of them. But we're still here. I bless the Lord. I want to share two needs in our evangelism ministry tonight. Often I don't share the needs only when the Holy Ghost prompts me. But when it does, I do. We give our life to the church and we live off of what the church does for us. And uh, i got two needs. I need six one hundreds. So my boy can go with me, my 12-year-old son, to preach a camp meeting in Colorado. And I go out there every year and for several years funded ourselves. We'd raise the money. And we'd act, it was a little upstart storefront on the Colorado-Utah border. And let me tell you something, and I'm not being funny, but they never had revival the Holy Ghost never sent a Holy Ghost revival to the other side of the Mississippi. And that's just the truth. Billy Sunday went out there in the early 1900s and 20s and set up some tabernacles. I had a little postcard of a tabernacle that he built, an original photograph in Oregon. Billy Sunday, 1920-something. And I gave it to a preacher boy. <laughs> who's 13, his mama's name was Sunday in South Carolina, and she is named after Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday stayed in her grandparents' house when he'd come by. And I had to give that boy that postcard named after Billy Sunday. And he's a little singing, shouting, running preacher boy. Thank God he ain't no flake nut hanging around these, these contemporary outfits. No little old soft, soapy, effeminate Osteenish type, in case you're wondering what I was talking about. Help me right there. And uh, he's, I give that postcard to him. So for years, we carried them an offering. I'd raise up money on the East Coast and go out there and give them an offering, $1,000. And then they got to where they did good and they was able to fly me out and let me preach. And then he had an awful uprising man towards church up, took 40% of them, and they back to struggling. Y'all ever been back to struggling? <laughs> so I told him I'm coming anyhow. We'll do it like we used to. I'll just raise the money. <laughs> Bring you an offering. And I want my boy to go. He's 12. Never gotten to go out there with me like that. I need six one-hundreds for that, if God speaks to your heart. And I need seven one-hundreds for our next trip to Albania, Eastern Europe. And Brother Tim gave some two weeks ago in a meeting. Brother Thomas helps us from time to time. Needed $5,000 for this upcoming trip. We're dedicating our first building. I'm going to tell a little story. You act like you enjoy it, whether you do or not. <laughs> I get disappointed. I preach another hour just for personal therapy. 
Don't be disappointing me now. <clears throat> and I can't tell you the story. It's not the night for it. But for 10 years, we've had missionary efforts in Eastern Europe. And somebody had asked me there in Albania, who are y'all working with? What missionary do you go to? What? No, it's us. There wasn't nobody. But now we got six missionaries. Can I get a witness? We got six missionaries now. <clears throat> and got our first building that we're dedicating. And I'd like to show you a picture sometimes. I guess I'll put it on my website. I don't know how to. I've got a man that can help me do that. They've been meeting in a little old chapel that's attached to the university. Just a one-room thing, and they got one hour to be in there. But my little missionary over there, he's full of faith and grace and power and luck. Can I get a witness right there? And he's prayed in and faithed in a great old big, a great old big wide flat building. And they got red blinds. He started having service in it about three weeks ago. But me and his pastor and some others are going to fly over there all together and dedicate that building. Listen to this. It's got red blinds all in it, and he's got a Muslim man coming there to do the work and built him a cross. And at night, if you could see this, if you could see it, big old wooden cross in a Muslim slash atheist country. Y'all ain't helping me. It's where Titus was martyred. Albania in Bible days was all Macedonia. Modern Macedonia is still there, bordering Albania. That, and when Paul said, I have fully preached all the way out to Illyricum. You remember him saying that? I fully preached round about unto Illyricum. That's as far as he got. And that's where he sent Titus. That's Albania. The little singer, uh, not singer, the little interpreter for Brother Aaron as he learns the language. His name is Illyria, after the, their society. And they claim they're the most ancient. <clears throat> they said Greek won the, the Greeks hate them right below them. Treat them worse than we treat Mexicans, worse than we used to treat blacks, worse than we treated Indians. They hate them. And the thing about Europe, that national hatred, there's no civility to it. Brother George, I think, has been over there in some of them parts of the world, some of you military men. This national pride and prejudice, they make no bones about it. They hate you to your face, and they're proud of their hatred. And uh, see, that's the Christianity on America, or used to be, that where the love of God gets bigger than everything else. But anyway, they say they're even more ancient than Greek. But said Greek won the battles and stole their history books. And I wish you could go over there and see it. They put pictures at the blinds. There's a whole string of windows right on, their, right on one of their main streets. And all of the windows got red blinds. That's the way it came. And at nighttime, it, Brother Aaron flips the lights on. And that cross is right in the middle, and just a red, <laughs> a red glow goes over that part of the town. And that cross. 
Well, I'm about to slap three people who don't believe in tithing, kick two gospels in the shins, and run around this building for an hour is what I'm about to do. Glory. So we've already raised $4,300 and only lack 700 to take care of that. And uh, that's how we do it. You just obey the Lord. I don't have any games or gimmicks, and this is all that I do is go to church every night and feed the sheep. Isn't it good to be saved? Brother Perry, thank you for everything. Sister, I'll be thinking of those suffers every night for weeks to come. (laughs) She's been making me customized suppers and sending them back to the motel. They've been a party at the Hampton Inn every night and nobody else is invited it's just all of my friends are big fat and ugly and I know they'd eat up my supper if I invited them. <laughs> amen thank the Lord well now every time I drive by on I-40 and get past your exit at Dandridge I'm going to have fond and holy memories and I'm going to have a little fire burning in me. And I'm going to pray for revival every time I drive by, which is oft. And I'm going to pray that God breathes fire down here until we got to come back down here and have church for a month. That's what I'm for. I'm for that. I bless the Lord. We love Brother Ronald and Sister Quilla and all these. It's been from the beginning. Fire forged. I like them Holy Ghost friendships, fellowships. You ain't got to see each other for 20 years, and the minute you do, you're right up right where you left off at. Well, I'm glad I'm saved. Take your Bible, wave it up in the air. Lift it up in the air and circle it around a little bit. Amen. That'll knock the devils off your shoulder. That'll embarrass that religious person you brought with you. And that'll let us know who had time to go by the house and get a shower or not. <laughs> Amen. I want to preach just a little while. Walk around here and let the Lord help us on this meat. Bible meat. Hebrews 5, verse 13 and 14. By the time you get there, I'll done be gone. He said, a lot of y'all living on milk, but you better get on that meat. Help me right there. He said, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. That's my burden tonight. This is a Bible message study. I hadn't preached it in four years. Hadn't even thought of it. It's been on my mind for a couple of weeks, on my heart. And the Lord wants me to preach it tonight. And I'm going to say this to you. We got enough milk babies in the church. We're going to need some meat, brethren, here in a little while. Strong meat. Strong meat. And uh, right there where you at, well, I don't even know if I've got it more. Right there where you at, there's some strong things happening. Let me show you this. I hadn't thought about this till just now. I'm going to tell you, everybody, everybody look at me one second. With what's coming in America, we're going to need some Christians that have been living on meat, not on milk. Muslims are coming. And I'm going to tell you this, not to discourage you, because I'm a Christian before I'm an American. And I'm not a pacifist. I believe you ought to fight for some things. Help me right there. I'm not a pacifist. Somebody probably could have misunderstood me the other night, and that would be fine. But I'm not a pacifist, and I believe there's some things that you're supposed to fight for. 
there is a time. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. Help me right there. And understand that. But with what's coming in this nation, the Muslims are coming. And then the Antichrist is coming. Let me tell you something. The last seven years of this current administration has been from God. It's been a judgment. Anytime God wants to judge a godly nation, he sends an ungodly nation to do it. Anytime he wants to judge an ungodly nation, he'll send a godly nation to do it. And we've been under judgment. And it had nothing to do with them being black or white. Help me right there. The man actually is all three, the sons of Noah. He's a leopard that risen up out of the seas. His mother was Japheth. She's white. His father was half Arabian and half African. And that was Shem and Ham. And he rose up out of nowhere. Rose up out of nowhere. And he's all three of the sons of Noah. And America is not going back. She's going on. And what's happening is, and I need all my Christians to get your rapture-ready shoes, start clicking your heels, the second coming is upon us. The second coming is upon us. With what's coming in America, we're going to need some meat Christians. And all these little milk toast, milk baby Christians, honey, it's going to be a bad time for all these little old spoiled Baptists hanging out when, when they start separating between the men and the boys. There's an hour coming, and it's coming soon. Mm. Look at here. I got a new Bible. I can't know where nothing is in it. Where's that strong crying? There it is, chapter 5, verse 7. Let me tell you something, neighbor. If Jesus, and this is Christ, in Gethsemane's garden, in the days of the flesh, offered up prayer to the strong crying. Honey, you better believe this thing was birthed with some strong crying, and we're going to leave out with some strong crying. But I got good news for you. Look in chapter 6, verse 18. There's a strong consolation. <laughs> I need a little help right there. There may be some strong crying in chapter 5, but in the next chapter there's a strong consolation. It's chapter 6, verse 18. By two immutable things which is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. <laughs> Amen. We who have fled for refuge will lay hold upon the hopes that for hope we have. Here it comes. As an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Hey, child of God, there's some strong crying along the way, but there's a strong consolation along the way. And in the middle of those, and for years, I run a line in my, every, I wear a Bible about every two years, and I'd run a line from that strong crying to that strong consolation, and I rejoiced in it. And then one day God showed me in the middle, he's making a strong Christian. Yeah. Chapter 5 and verse 14. Strong meat. Along with them that are full aid, that's maturity. Hey, man, don't have anything to do with time. You can be 80 years old and still be a, a, a little old, weak, silly Christian. 
And you can be 12 years old and be a strong, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. <laughs> this thing ain't got anything. This is, this is being aged, processed. Mm. And so we need some, we need some meat Christians. Now, I'm just going to talk about it as the Lord will help me here. Genesis 9, I think it's verse 3. He told, I'm going to make sure y'all look at that. I want you to see that. He told Noah, man never did eat meat. But after that flood, he said, now I need you to eat meat. I'm going to say something. I ain't going to go far with it at all. But all your witches and all your new agers and all your sodomites, they're all vegetarians. Now, if some of you are on a big health kick and somebody's talked you into eating tree bark and drinking oil water and all that stuff, if you want to live in America and die skinny, then help your own goofy self, honey. I'm going down. I'm going down with the best of them. Saved by grace and kept by grease. Help me right there. Next time I see a skinny person live to be 135, I may listen to somebody. But last I checked, they're leaving out here the same rate we fat boys are. Amen. Help me right there. But if you're on a health kick and all, I'm not scolding you. But I'm telling you, what did Paul say in the last day? There'd be two things that the doctrines of devils and seducing spirits would be against. It'd be against marriage and against meat. I need a little help right there. Now you go do your own study and connect your own dots. Noah, God delivered Noah's world from that devil-ridden world, them bunch of giants and bunch of devils on the planet. Y'all got to help me. God cleaned his world up and then said, now I need you to start eating meat. Y'all just looking at me. It's just us. You can't just uh, fake it, people. Fake it. Just, just fake it, and that thing will go. It goes faster. He said, now, I need you to eat meat. Give you all a nugget since you came out in the middle of this hurricane. <laughs> then studying the day. And then poor folks over there, how y'all doing? I bet you, it's a tough place to sit in this revival. Brother Perry and Brother Ron need so much preaching, I have to stay right there, you know. Sorry about that, y'all, over here. Go back to Adam, see, and he gave him that herbs. There wasn't no, there wasn't no meat eating. After, but then them devils came on the plant. After, by the way. That, here's your free nugget since y'all came out in the hurricane season. First commandment God gave man in the garden. Of every tree of the garden. So 39 words. It's a reflection of the 39 books of the Old Testament. The law. Mm. You want another nugget since you came on Thursday night? How long did Adam live? Preachers, you're not allowed to play. Almost, you almost, you're there, you're close. You can't keep guessing all night, sir, that's not fair. <laughs> How long did Adam live? He lived to be 930. Found out something this morning that I didn't never, not, never, didn't, never, never, something I didn't know. 
Guess how many chapters is in the Old Testament? 930. And when that first Adam died, 930 years, 930 chapters, Matthew 1, 1 opens up and says, here comes the second Adam. This is the generation of the Lord Jesus of Jesus Christ. Y'all ain't helping me. Giving you freebies. You're supposed to act like you appreciate it or something right there. What about that? Oh, God, put that Bible together just like he wants it. Mm. Adam lived to be 930. And how long are we given? What's our allotment in life? Finish this little verse for me. Brother Tim, you've heard me preach on this. The years of a man are three score and ten, seventy. An old preacher told me ten years ago, he said, you put 930 and 70 together, what you got? You got that thousand. He told Adam, in the day you eat it, you shall surely die. Did you know the same psalm that tells us the years of a man are three score and ten, ten more if he's merciful, is the same psalm where he said that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a day. And the old preacher told me ten years ago, said it's our allotment in life to finish out Adam's day. Mm. You think this thing ain't working right on time? 930 plus 70. But then we'll go out with that second Adam and spend one day with the Lord. I need all my premillennial brethren to say amen. There ain't a bunch of them up in these hills. <laughs> yes, sir. They up, them six 1,000 years mentioned in Revelation 20, honey, they just skip that or erased it or make it a cartoon or something. But, oh, I got me. <laughs> We're going to spend the day with him. Adam didn't have to eat meat. There wasn't devils running loose. Now how come in the last days the seducing spirits, that's Timothy, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils would command you to abstain from meat and from marriage? Tell me it ain't relevant. Everything's in that Bible on purpose. There is a physiol, physiol, there's a big word right there. Physiological effects on all these witches, New Agers, and Sodomites when they go off meat and they go on this, and it weakens them and it drains their brain of certain fluids that make men act like men and make women act like women. I need a little help right there. There's something in there, and I won't go no further with this, but Noah come out into a new world that had been rid of devils, and God said, now I need you to eat meat. Well, I want to stop and say something. Has God ever revolutionized your world and flooded it with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, buried you in a big coffin, and you come out of that new world, and God says, now we're going to eat meat. I tell none of y'all went with me on that little journey the last 15 seconds. <laughs> Don't make me teach Genesis now. Brother Ron's the teacher. 
You go look at Genesis sometime from Adam to Joseph, the seven main characters. It's a picture of the progression of your Christian life. Adam's the sinner that's lost in the garden. <laughs> and that sweet voice, like I'd never heard before. <laughs> Ooh, we, I nearly ran while you were singing. I heard a sweet voice. Adam was the first one to hear it. Adam! Where are you, boy? I'm glad when I was lost in the garden, hiding behind fig leaves, my glory gone and death had come, that he came looking for me. And then he gave birth to Cain and Abel, the old nature, the new nature. And then the third thing that happened in Genesis, here come Noah. You go from a sinner getting saved to the struggle of two natures coming out of the saved man. And then here's Noah, a spirit-filled man. God drowned his world with a baptism. First and second, Peter called it a baptism. Noah's flood. <laughs> God put him in an oversized coffin. It's exactly what that ark was. And cleansed his world of depravities and devils. It's a picture of the spirit-filled life. And he came out in a new world and God said, I need you to eat meat now. <laughs> I need you to be strong. Oh, my. Well, here's what I want to say to you. Five things now. I want to walk through these. You can look at the scriptures <coughs> if and when you want to. I've done a little study on God's people eating meat in the Bible. Don't y'all like your Bible? Amen. And if you find more, call me and tell me. I, you'll make the sermon longer, but I'll put it in. Can I go over all five of them with you just, in, just, just out of my heart, out of the Lord's heart? It's the only ones I could think of back when I was studying this, the only ones I could find. And I'm sure there may be more. You can help me with that. What was the first time you find God's people eating meat? You come out of Genesis, the sin story, and you get in Exodus, the salvation story. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping me. And immediately they have to eat the meat of a lamb. Well, y'all supposed to help me better than that. Thank God. That's how our journey starts is when Christ in you, the hope of glory. In Exodus, where he exits us, and it's always red, and it's always over the door. You think man started that code and that law. God started a long time ago. It's always red. I'm about to run. It's red, and it's over the door. Woo! How do you think I got saved? Through the blood of the lamb applied to the door. And I had to get the lamb meat in me. They sat there in that house and they ate the lamb that had been that had been roasted with fire. They had the lamb's body in them and the lamb's blood on them. When they come out that door, that bloody doorway, that blood dripped down. That blood run down the side. It puddled at the threshold. 
That blood sealed the bottom of their feet so hell couldn't reach up and get them. That blood dripped on the top of their head so holiness wouldn't come down and judge them. And it rubbed up on their side so the world and the devils couldn't get to us. Can I get a witness on it? They had the lamb in them and the lamb on them. It's good to be saved. Hmm. Number two. See how good it goes when y'all behave? <laughs> I always blame my long sermons on other people. I refuse to take any, any accountability. I love this. You know what the next meet date was? Everybody look at Psalm 73. I need you to do it because most people don't ever believe me. That dragon meat. Second thing they ate was dragon meat. Do you know when Moses crossed the... You're a Thursday night crowd. You came out in the tornadoes, so you deserve this. Do you know when Moses crossed the Red Sea, there was a dragon that lived in the middle of it? Do you know God, and, and God killed him? And then they picked up the meat on their way over? I know y'all been reading your Bible. Come on now, it's in your Bible five different places. I'm not going to take you to all five because it's just one point. It ain't the main sermon. You read Deuteronomy, you read Exodus, you read Psalms, you read Acts, where they, everywhere that they recounted the story of the crossing of the Red Sea. <laughs> Psalm 73. Maybe I should go there also. I was in Solomon. Look at Psalm 73. Oh, I said the wrong one. Psalm 74. The 74th Psalm. Mm. Verse 2. Look at Remember thy congregation which thou hast purchased of old. He's talking about, he's talking about the children of Israel. Came on down there. Some glorious things. And in verse 12 he said, Let's remember our king of old. For God is my king of old. Working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Mm, there's dragons down there. And in the next verse, there's old Levi Leviathan. This must have been that seventh because this Leviathan singular, but he's got heads. I read the book of Revelation. There's a seven-headed dragon down in there. Y'all ain't helping me. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be what? Meat. Meat to the people who had to live where? In the wilderness. You say, I don't believe that. Well, that would make you an unbeliever, so I can't help you. You say, that's typology. You try to make it typology, honey. That's what God did. Scripture backs it up in five different places. God came that night. Moses standing there with that group that had the, the lamb's body in them, the lamb's blood on them. They couldn't go left. They couldn't go right. The Red Sea was in front of them. Pharaoh's army was behind them. The Lord and Moses said, and I love this, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. 
Ten minutes of preaching right there, I'm skipping over. And the Lord came that night and Exodus said with the blast of his nostrils, he congealed the depth. Congealed. Like a bull fixing to charge. <laughs> and it not only dried it, it congealed it. You go do your own word study. Congealed. He paved it. Turned it into a rubber, into a hard surface. They crossed over on dry land. <laughs> Them walls of water on either side. <laughs> and the Lord didn't say, Hey! Come here! No, sir. The next morning the Lord came. And he, and he struck and killed that Leviathan. That stand between him and his people. All the, and then he went on over there and got his people. And brought them back through and said, pick that up and we'll eat it over here. And that's how you'll survive the wilderness. Nothing like dragon jerky. <laughs> I was sitting over there saying, Lord, are you sure that's what I'm supposed to preach? And, and you said, we'll have to chew on this and process it. Said, then I, five minutes later, I was doubting again because I got an old nature. I said, Lord, are you sure that's what I want to preach? And you said, my, my old daddy hung that country ham. <laughs> for the preacher <laughs> I said Lord you sure you want us to chew on this meat tonight and you said oh daddy hung him hams for the preacher I said glory to God <laughs> if that singing man would get off the platform I'll preach it I will <laughs> tell you you know I'm teasing if you hadn't have been up there it wouldn't have confirmed it if you hadn't have talked it wouldn't have confirmed it so strong in my heart the Lord gave me a little nugget, see? The same moment, Lord, you sure you want me to preach on meat? And y'all know it ain't answered prayers. It's a blessing. It's the fact that, he's, that he talks to you. You don't even really care what he said. I mean, it's just that he says something to me. What he said, I don't even know, but he's talking to me. Y'all ain't helping me. I mean, about two seconds. Lord, you sure you want me to preach on this meat? I ain't studied it and looked at it in five years. And you said, and my daddy hung at ham. <laughs> I said, woo, I am saved after all. <laughs> huh? He killed that Leviathan. All this is a picture of the second coming. You know that there's the Lord's coming from the north. The sides of the north. That's where he's coming from. From up above. Help me now. Yep. And there's a constellation of stars right there. The dragon. And we won't go down that path. That's an hour long path. But you better believe these UFOs are real. They ain't what you think they are. They ain't what Hollywood thinks they are. It's just the principalities. The powers of the air. And they're standing between us and him. But he's going to smack them left and right. Y'all ain't helping me. The same way that he walked through that sea and killed them dragons and Leviathan with its seven heads is the same way when he comes out of that third heaven to fetch us out of the first heaven. He's got to pass through the deep. And the deep applies to the ocean and outer space. Applies to both. And there's a water canopy covering the first heaven. That's them clouds rolling out through there. And then there's a water covering that, first, that 
first, that third heaven. And you quoted that too. Thank you. Well, the pastor did. Stand on a sea of glass. <laughs> it's a sea of glass. Here's your Red Sea. Y'all ain't helping me. We're stuck on this side looking through that water canopy. And the Lord in that third heaven looking down through that sea of glass. And in the middle is the cross. And y'all ain't helping me. Honey, we're leaving out of here one of these days. Dragging meat. Somebody said, Satan's eating me alive. That's because you ain't been eating him dead. He's dead. Calvary killed him. Oh, I know that he's alive and moving around, but he's received the death blow to the head, and he's going to die from it eventually. Help me right there. Somebody said the devil's eating me alive. That's funny. You're supposed to pick up portions of him and eat him. Get through your wilderness. Y'all help me now. And do you know that's all? I'm going to say this. Y'all help me. Wilderness. Your first experiences with God, walking with God, you're still just a baby. Christian, help me now. He lets you eat dragon jerky. Don't y'all remember what you fed on when you first got saved? The big stuff. He saved me from hell. My sins are all gone. I'm no longer a prisoner to Egypt. I'm free. I'm free. You're just a baby. He's feeding you that dragon meat. You're just supposed to eat him up. Eat him dead. Why is he eating you alive? You're supposed to be eating him dead. Don't you remember all that stuff? You got filled with Christ, and that brought you out. Then you had Satan for lunch, and that got you through. Did you hear them baby Christians? And sometimes they never get tired of telling it 30 years later. Hey, man, I ain't drinking no more. You hear them testify? Hey, man, I quit beating my wife and went home and started loving on her. Say amen right there. That's some of that dragon jerky. I'm about to run. I am. I'm about to sign my own Bible. Just to remember the occasion. Whew. Not because it's such good preaching, because I'm enjoying it. Oh, my. I remember, I'm talking about eating that dragon meat. You remember the first time you heard Amazing Grace? When it was amazing to you? You remember when every service you'd stand up and testify because you couldn't help it? You was eating dragon meat that whole time. Whoo! Oh, my, I'm wanting to tell four stories right there. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go to the third. You know what's the next thing you find them eating? you got to go to the New Testament. Because that's where the crossing takes us. All right, I need everybody listening intently just for a moment. And all you that have studied the Bible types. And t- when you cross over, you get through that wilderness, you cross over Jordan into the Canaan. 
that carries you over into grace. It carries you over into the church. It carries you over into the Holy Spirit. And so you got to get on over to the New Testament. We're just skipping all the old. We, we, we got lamb meat in us and dragon meat falling out of our mouth. And so we're going to cross over the Jordan in our travel with the children of Israel when they finally got there. You see how long it took them to get where they're supposed to get? Make your Old Testament real short, people. Where God don't have to send prophets and judgments and generations of, of a mess. Help me right there. I don't know if they're getting that or not, but it's an 11-day journey. You can get on over to the right side. Well, as soon as you get in the New Testament, what happens there? Jesus, because we couldn't cross over Jordan. We just didn't have it in us. Jesus takes us over to the other side. I need a little help. You open your Bible in the New Testament. All right. In the Old Testament, it would be Joshua leading them over. You Bible students know this. There may be a new Christian here. Joshua, Hebrew, for Jehovah saves. Jesus, Greek, for Jehovah saves. It's the same name. Joshua and Jesus, Hebrew, Greek, old, new. It's the same one. So when we finally cross over in our and see what what kind of meat we're going to eat next, let's go ahead and get over into the other side of Jordan where Jesus took us. Okay? And so you get over there. And there's Jesus standing there in that Jordan River. Y'all doing all right? There he's standing there. John the Baptist. That's why I, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm a Baptist. Because when Jesus went to be baptized, he picked his preacher. And it was the only Baptist preacher in town. And he said, excuse me, I need you to baptize me. Help me now. I'm going to throw this in for free. This is going to hurt everybody's feelings, not help but two people, but I'll enjoy it myself. We're not Protestants, people. No way. We were not birthed out of the defiled womb of the harlot church. We came out of the open side of the precious, loving Savior. We're not Protestants. I didn't come from Rome. I came from home. (laughs) Amen. I don't have a pope. I got a father. I'm not half harlot, half bride. Y'all ain't helping me. That's why it is important out there that you don't drop Baptist. It's out there for a reason. And all you little sloppy, agape, apostate, last day, fuzzy, wuzzy, group hug, everything goes, friends. That's going to help the Antichrist get his one world church together and they make fun of you at work. Oh, we're non-denominational. No, you're lying. If there's more than two of you meeting on Sunday, one of them telling the other something. And I promise you, when you're ashamed to name your doctrine, that's because you know it's so toxic that we're on to you and you got to hide it. Y'all ain't helping me. Jennifer told me to be sweet this last night to Brother Ron and and I can't help it. If a denomination don't matter, let me hold your billfold. You care if I get a one or a 100? Old denominations matter. 
I said, he went down to the Baptist preacher and said, I need you to baptize me. This is going to hurt a lot of feelings here too, right here, Pastor, right here, right here. We ain't Protestants and, and we, ain't, we ain't modern day Pentecostals either. See how that hurt their feelings. <laughs> so bad that it hurt feelings right there. The charismatic false revival started, uh, interestingly enough, in 1904 on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. And a woman spoke in tongues. What was interesting about that, it was the last year that we saw a true revival, the Welsh revival, 1904. 1600 to 1900, that latter-day rain, God sent that latter-day rain. In 1904, that woman spoke in tongues, and it was the last real revival that's powerful enough to shake something other than a church. And God closed his revivals down. The devil opened his up. And that's why that television's got them 12 channels of everything in the world except the Word of God. It matters. It matters. You say, God ain't in the reviving business no more? Oh, honey. You heard old Dr. Ed Maccabee preach. The greatest revival the world's ever seen is taking place under our very nose. He's reviving an entire nation. Israel. Y'all with me? We're waded off in deep waters tonight. Are y'all with me? I love that John the Baptist story. I, I, all week I've wanted to preach, and the Lord ain't let me, this message on the first family filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Southern Baptist doesn't got too worldly for him. Independent Baptist doesn't got too honorary for him. I'm ashamed of both of us. <laughs> Help me now. They don't need a line about it. <laughs> Southern Baptist as a corporation changed that Bible in 1952. Independent Baptist knew more than the Bible and added a bunch of stuff. <laughs> help me now. We're all in a mess. Y'all got to help me. I hurt my own feelings. <laughs> I love that. I believe in the Holy Ghost. We got to have him. John the Baptist, since we're standing in the Jordan with Jesus and John the Baptist, making that crossing from the old to the new, John the Baptist was the first man, first person ever filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. And he was in his mama's womb when it happened. And since y'all are here on Thursday, I'll give you a... Yes, he did. He couldn't help it. And as soon as he... It's all in Luke 1. And as soon as he was filled with the Holy Ghost, his mother Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And you... Wow! You want to know... That was a happy bubble. Got loose on me. You want to know when they did? When Mary hollered on the front porch. The Holy Ghost done put the Son of God in her. And in those days, she'd come out of the hills of Judea and went to see Elizabeth. Elizabeth had a little Baptist preacher slash Old Testament prophet. It was Elijah and John. He was Elijah, if you could receive it. Tell him we'll be there in about an hour or two. 
That's Waffle House, wondering where I'm at. My chili's ready. <laughs> on the way, on the way. Keep it hot, keep it hot. They've been keeping that bowl of chili hot for three days, so it's going to be right. Mary came up and saluted the house of Elizabeth. Now, I need everybody to get this. I need you to get this. Here's one woman had the Son of God in her. Here's the other woman, Elizabeth, had the Spirit of God in her. Nobody ever seen nothing like this. Nobody ever seen nothing like this. And God let two women have it before any man. Say amen, girls. We kick y'all around pretty regularly. This is one of your rare opportunities to... All right. How y'all doing over here? I forget you over here. There's Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, got a Baptist preacher and Elijah the prophet in her. And there's Mary, got the Son of God in her. Now both of them, now John was not, I'm going to say this, y'all holler, amen, wasn't nobody ever like Jesus. He's the Son of God. But that was John the Baptist and Elijah the prophet. And Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And God let two women. I'm about to run. I'm absolute, I may run right now, right into out there in one of your tornadoes. I just may run. Grab that tornado by the tail and throw it back to Oklahoma. Wonder why he let two women, one filled with the Son of God, one filled with the Spirit of God. Wonder why he let two women have that before any man. I tell you why. He's letting Eve get her revenge. On page two, on page two of your Bible, Satan got a hold of one woman and messed this whole thing up. And on page two of a new. God got a hold of two women and said, we're coming back at you, Jack. <laughs> Why do I feel like shouting right now for about an hour? Glory to God. Mm. That's how what Paul meant when he told Timothy that women can be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith. That's... Uh, can't nobody really interpret that verse. And what I believe is in a woman's redemption, here's how you redeem yourself. It's <laughs> raising up children for God. <laughs> Anyhow, here's Mary and Elizabeth. Whew. Let's go a little further since y'all are having a good time. Or I may be drunk all by myself. <laughs> you know, the old boy drunk by himself. He don't know if anybody else is in the building or not. There's two women standing there on the second page of the new. Ain't you glad God does things new? They're standing there. They represent the two brides of God. <laughs> Elizabeth represents the Old Testament Israel. That belongs to the Father. 
You read Hosea, you read Jeremiah, Israel's his. Ezekiel 16, I saw you cast out there in the field. I passed by, and your time was a time of love, said he to Jerusalem, to Israel. Elizabeth is a picture of the Old Testament bride. She had Elijah the prophet inside her, if you could receive it. <laughs> and Mary, she's a picture of the church. She had the indwelling Christ. Mystery of mystery, wonder of wonders. Grace of all graces. He didn't send salvation. He brought salvation. He didn't give it to me. He gave himself to me. He moved in. He said, I'm going to save you myself. Here I am. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, let's close this thing down. Y'all ready? They got over there and they had fish. Fish was the main course. Matthew 4, 19. Follow me. And we'll go fishing. I'll make you fishers of men. Y'all ain't helping me. John 21, 9 and 13. John 21, verse 9 and verse 13. Jesus in his resurrected body ate fish. I like that. And honey. I may have to go along with some of you health people now just for a minute right there. <laughs> fish and honey. What about that? In his glorified body. Simon Peter out there naked, done quit. I ain't going to do this no more. It ain't working out like I thought. Dove in that water. There's Jesus, children. Have you any? Thank you. That Bible's good, ain't it? And he had a fire going, and he had bread and fish. What y'all doing going fishing? And the fishermen couldn't fish no more. Did you ever notice when God's called you, you can't go back to doing what you used to be good at? He went fishing and couldn't catch nothing. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be fishing for fish no more. Supposed to be fishing for men. That's why some of you, your life ain't never got untangled. You ain't doing what God told you to. You out there all night long toiling. If you'd get over here where he wants you, things would open up and blossom like a rose. And immediately threw his face out, cast it on the right side, drew in 153 great fishes. They tell me, I heard one man dispute it by one, I heard five men back it up. Simon Peter, was he not that chief apostle, had the keys around his neck? The Roman Catholics perverted that. When he got right with God and threw that net in, drew up 153 great fishes. You have many nations? The League of Nations and the United Nations started with after World War II when God brought Israel back. Hey, well, hey, well, 153. That man was called to carry the gospel to the world. Them 153 great fishes was a picture of the nations of the world. And Jesus said, let's eat some fish. Well, number four. What kind of meat are we going to eat? We're going to eat unclean meat. Now I'm back off my health kick. Simon Peter, Lord, you want to save sinners? You're after your Jews, right? The elect. Couldn't get that religion off of him. And in Acts 9 and 10, Acts 10, the Lord had to drop a net down full of unclean animals, creeping things, four-footed beasts, all them unclean animals. 
That's Acts. Do you need the verse? Acts 9. And then Acts 10, 13 is where he's telling it. And the voice said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Oh, you're going you're gonna to let them unclean Gentiles in the body? Oh, yeah, that's what we're going at. Y'all ain't helping me. We start out with lamb meat. That's our salvation. And then we go to dragon meat. That's our sanctification. That's over Satan. And then we get to fish. That's the souls of men. And then to go further with that, he said, it's all them sinners. Amen. I ain't no Calvinist. Jesus died for everybody. All of them. Unclean. And I want to say this to you, church. I'm three minutes from closing. That ain't what I wanted to say, but I said it. I want to say something to you. We get, we get silly and get into emotionalism and we get into a super spirituality that's not truly spiritual when we forget that this thing is about sinners getting saved. We get so caught up in the great consummation, we forget the great commission. And in the hills of Tennessee, we got our 40 and thank you, Lordy. And we're just going to look at each other and love each other and sing to each other and bear each other's burdens and bury each other and marry each other and never one time turn around and look on the fields that are white to harvest. And that's when you get to be a silly, self-absorbed, internally focused little silly church that the Lord can't do nothing with because you forgot about the fishing for all the sinners. Can I get a witness right there? And that's when it becomes emotionalism. When it's all about us. And I want to say it's 50-50. It's halfway about us and halfway about them. I know some churches gone the other way. And all they see is the fields that are white to heart. And they don't even know they have a flock. And there's no love. And there's no worship. And there's no burdens. And there's no strength. And they don't even have a flock. All they have is fields where they work. And I know some where it's nothing but the flock. While the fields around us go to hell. One crowd emphasizes having a good service. And they think that's the end of our experience with God. We had a good service. The other crowd emphasizes nothing but good service. They don't enjoy church. They don't even like church. They don't even like it. They've got to get up there and work. But I like this last meet. Last one I found. And I think I figured out what we're going to have at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I didn't say 100% for sure that I know. But I think I got a good clue. We're going to have steak. I thought y'all would be more excited about it. I mean, I, you could ask an angel for Worcestershire sauce if you want, if you need it. I guess I better give you some Bible before you come with me. Luke 15. <laughs> My son was dead. He's alive again. Bring a robe. Bring the ring. Y'all, y'all supposed to be running ahead of me. Bring forth the what? The fatted calf. 
fatted. Going to have mm, real butter and real fat. It's the end of the celebration of God saving sinners. Luke 15 was the great accusation. This man receiveth sinners. And eateth with them. Bunch of Pharisees, stinking Pharisees. Jesus said, sure do. Tell you how it works. Here's how the Son saves sinners. He's that shepherd to go after that one sheep. Here's how the Holy Spirit saves sinners. He'll light the house up and find whatever's in the dirty corner. And here's how the Father works. He'll receive that Son who'll come back home. And when He does, and when we all get there, He's a fatty calf. He's out here just making that. All right, I got Old Testament for your hide. For your unbelieving hide. The Lord and three angels came to visit Abram. That's Genesis 18 or 19. And Abram said, mm, the Lord's here with some angels who were not women with wings, but they were men. Help me right there. There's only one winged woman thing in the Bible, and that's Zechariah, and it was a devil. You might want to check up on all you little Roman Catholic angels. Half the idolatry hanging in our churches on the walls. I ain't looking around. And you know what he told Sarah? By the way, they went and sat under the tree. I dare you to study it. <laughs> and he said, Sarah, you get that calf and prepare it with butter. That's Bible. What margarine neither. But no hydrogenated oil. It was something out of the cow. Help me right there. What about that? And the Lord and them angels sat down and had that calf with butter. Mm. What is that? That's the celebration. We are here headed for what? A marriage suffer and when we get there we're going to celebrate <laughs> y'all do it alright it ain't going to be much of a celebration to say bring forth the grilled tofu <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm leaving this party it ain't even no. <laughs> help me now no sir it's a fatted calf Abrahamed under the tree, that's Calvary, with the Lord and its two or three angels. And they ate that calf. Glory. All I need to say to you is this. We need some meat Christians. We need folks that have been saved and have Christ in them. We need folks that have been victorious over the devil. Help me now. And have ate him dead instead of him eating us alive. And then we need folks that have got over there and, and you follow the Lord and I'll make you fishers of men. And we need somebody to hear the Lord drop down that net from heaven and says you ought to love everybody and go after all of them. And then when you get them home, one day we're going to celebrate. 
Y'all think I got enough Bible there to ask for steak when we get there? Lord, you know them fatted calves, you had them in both testaments. Me and Brother Thomas, we'd like some, please. I believe it'll be on the menu. And all I know is that we got so many milk Christians in this hour. The enemy's going to run over us like children. We need some strong Christians. Let's stand. Let's bow our heads. Y'all come again. I appreciate you laboring with me through the Word tonight. Last night we went and prayed, and tonight we went through the Word of God. I appreciate your kindness and your patience. Would you meet me around this altar one more time before we leave this meeting and ask God to fill us with the Holy Ghost, fill us with the Lord Jesus. Make some meat Christians out of us. There's a great... There's a great enemy coming. Meet us around this altar if you would. And one more time that we'd be filled. His strength and his substance.